You are listening to the Photobomb podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photobomb podcast. My name is Boo Ray Perry, and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. Howdy there, Boo Ray. Hello, Gary. How are you? I'm doing fantastic today. I do have a, a gripe, though. Yes. I oh, have another gripe. Give it to me. Are you at all concerned about Big Razor's agenda in eliminating beards? Oh, my God. Yeah, I should have known this was coming because it was on Facebook recently. I am <laughs> I am vexed by this because not only they can't just let trends go naturally. It's right. trying to control it. There's stories on Facebook about yes. beards being covered with poop. Yes. Well, you know, I feel that uh, beards, by their very nature, are pretty much nasty and disgusting. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the beard. I know you've got the beard. You have a goatee. I got a, Well, I got this thing going on, but this is, serves a specific purpose, <laughs> and it's to hide the double chin. But I'm just saying You that don't have a double I, chin. I, that's because of the beard, Gary. No, it's because of the cancer. The, that, shh. <laughs> we don't talk about the cancer. It's a private thing. It's a very private thing. I don't like to talk about the cancer. Okay, seriously though, there are there are legitimate companies lobbying the world right now to sort of push the beer trend yeah. out. Well, because razors are such a big market. Right, but you have to you have to realize, you have to admit that probably over the last 5 or 6 years when beards and facial hair in general have become so popular, yes. Razor companies have to have taken a huge hit. Absolutely, and huge. you know what's what's come up is like the wall, you know, the the beard trimmers, right? Which you never saw those advertised or anything, and now there's like uh, you know Brody, the act, Academy Warning actor, is like you know Adrian Brody. Hey, thank you. He's in like you know ads in Esquire for you know beard trimming, and that's something you you never really saw that. Uh, he gets a beard to hide his nose, though, not there, just double but chin. That's got to be a pretty big beard. <laughs> but my point is, now you're seeing that advertising. That was never something you really saw because it wasn't a big enough market. I would just like to make a point all right that your beard has no more particles of any bad things in it than your hair yes than your wallet than your watch than your phone well well we are all basically disgusting we're literally all humans yes. are covered in fecal matter yes and particles of grossness that you wouldn't even yes. want to know yes i'm i'm you know me i'm statistics guy okay i i, I like the numbers i like the facts and people think I'm gross because of it. Because, you know, people will talk about, oh, you know, someone went into the bathroom and they didn't wash their hands when they, when they came out. And that's so gross. And I say, I know, yes, you should wash your hands when you come out of the bathroom. But, the, you know, or here's my favorite. Everyone's worried about infectious toilet seats. Right. Yes. When the fact is the amount of bacteria that is on a toilet seat or your butt after it touches a toilet seat pales in comparison to the amount of bacteria that is on your nose every single day or your hands or any other part of your body that is exposed to the world. Right. So if you're really worried about germs, those are the areas you should be worried then about. Then you should wear a hazmat suit. Something, yes. I just, it, it, as a bearded man, as a, as a bearded man, yes. I have to say I'm offended by this. Why, why, why the beard? You why didn't always beard? have the beard. We have the pictures well, of you online. Well, what, what was your decision, once, yeah, your motivation Once I, once I was 10, beard? you know. No, I've had a beard off and on f since I could grow it. But you're a hairy guy. Even, even you're the kind I of guy that's like two days and it's full beard, right? Well, not exactly. But, yeah, I grow a beard pretty easily. Yeah. I, I, sometimes it's longer. Sometimes it's shorter. But I've had facial hair 
for since probably I was 18, 19 years old. I've seen pictures of you. You got the that you got the smoldering headshot picture in the jacket against the wall. There's no facial hair on that one. No, it's a stubble though. There's a little stubble. yes. There's always some stubble. Never clean shaven because you seem to be the kind of guy who's always hairy. You're like the five o'clock shadow guy at, yeah. at, at noon. Yeah, you know because he, I, uh, I I don't know why I like one. It definitely covers up a double chin. Yes. Um, not that I have one. I'm not admitting no, that. Of course, you're, but you're a it rock. is it. <laughs> 200 pounds of solid muscle. No, I uh, uh <clears throat> but I I I like it, man. Although there are those times when I I go too long without trimming it and friends uh will say, "Yeah, that's how to, well, yeah. j- you know, jerky friends like Linda Long." Right. She'll say By the way, Linda Long, Linda Long. Linda Long. I was going to mention Linda Long. You know, we didn't mention Linda Long in the last podcast. We didn't, Linda Long. I, I was thinking about her. <laughs> but she It was my intention to start the podcast with just saying her name. So I posted on Facebook that about this beer thing, I'm I'm right. upset with the the beard backlash and it's propaganda, Bure. It's propaganda. The, the beard, I, I, and hold I, on, hold I can't on. get behind it. I had and and Linda and several other female friends were like, yeah, Gary. Last time I saw your beard, it was out of control. And you know what? It's true. It's yeah. not until after you trim it that you go, oh yeah, I definitely look like a hobo. Yeah. But so that's my right in America to be able to have a hobo beard if I want to. How does Julie feel about it? She likes my beard. And she likes kissing you with the beard? I'm pretty sure she does. Ah, <laughs> pretty sure. I mean, has but she said to you, like, if you don't have the beard, does she say, Gary, you need to grow your beard back? Or when you uh-huh. grow the beard, she just simply goes, oh, I wish, yes, I like it. You know, let me tell you. If I'm, not saying that, I'm just saying, if she's not asking you to grow the beard, then, you know. She does. She doesn't just, like it. I've shaved my beard off and completely. She doesn't like it. No, she does not like me okay. clean shaven. All right. Mostly because she has to look at my double chin. <laughs> <laughs> So what are we doing today? Well, I want to talk a little bit about uh, about portrait photography, and I want to talk about natural light versus lighting because uh, I had a discussion uh, just yesterday at uh, my local guild, and there is a there is a rift in the community, and it would seem that there are a great deal of people who shoot a lot of natural light. They shoot portraits and kids, and they like shoot location and natural light. And there seems to be a frequent amount of animosity between those people and the people who are big on lighting and yeah. big on off-camera lighting and that sort of thing. And I, I wonder what your thoughts are about that. And, I mean, should the rift exist? Uh, who's the prima donna in these situations? Because the natural light people feel like um, they are being put down. They'll say, you know, I have, a, I have a business, and I shoot in natural light. I shoot families in natural light. I'm doing pretty good, and everything's fine. And yet any time I'm around these other people who aren't natural light photographers, uh, they act like I don't know what I'm doing or I need to learn how to light, be, and I'm not a real photographer because I'm not using off-camera light. And then when you talk to the you know, lighting photographers, they say, no, 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 that's not what we mean. We're just saying that simply you should learn to use all the options available to you so that you can produce something no matter what the situation. Mm-hmm. And no matter how many times they both say these two things, they still end up hating each other. Well, here's the problem, Boo Ray. People. The people. The problem. The Did prob- you say it was the problem? Problem. What's the problem? It's your beard. It's like totes. It's, it's like problem. the new shortage for problems, like totes instead of totally. Totes my goats. Once again, here's, so here's the problem. Wait, can we go back, please? Another new word that you're introducing that I've never – totes my goat. That's because you're 100 you years ta- old. I'm not 100 years old. James Earl Jones said totes my goats on a commercial. Okay. Yeah, totes. I don't watch commercials because I use technology to go <laughs> past them. Who's 100 years old yeah. now, Gary? Was that on a Matlock show? Because I don't watch the commercials. Matlock. Right. Totes my goats. All right, all right. Here's the problem. Go ahead. Here's go the ahead. problem. What's the problem? People are assholes. Yes. And the nature... Mostly you. <laughs> yes, mostly me. The, the problem is is that we're talking about 
people in a creative field, right? right? And the nature of the creative mind is insecurity. Yes, that right? I, I think that that's the heart of it. The heart of it is that you can't see somebody else doing something else. How many times have you been out? I've been out on a photo shoot. I see another photographer doing it, and I'm looking immediately, and the first oh, thing absolutely. I'm doing is trying to see what they're doing wrong. Right. Well, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what their level is. I'm so judging them. Yes, absolutely. And I'll, absolutely. I'll see a photographer, and they're using a reflector, or they're using a light, and if I can't find something, I'll look at their gear. I'll go, oh, they're using a such-and-such <laughs> lens, and they should be using right. And, and the, the, the bottom line is, they've is got that— the, They've got the flash at 45 degrees on the camera with, a, with, a, um, with an omnibounce. And out, out and outside. holding the lens yeah. overhand. <laughs> outside. Mm. And holding the lens overhand. That's a callback. Don't tell me about the overhand lens. <laughs> These people have got to change. You do not hold the lens overhand. All right. All, all right. right. But, but yes, Step go ahead. down I'm off sorry. the soapbox, will you? All right. Go ahead. But here's the thing. It's like we're, photographers are so bitchy to each other about yes. stuff like this. And here's the, here's the thing. Photography is an art, which means it's subjective. And there are rules or guidelines as a way to do certain things as far as portraits, how to light, how to pose, what lens choices to use. But the bottom line is every time I think I've got a rule hard and fast figured out, I see somebody come out and do work that totally flies in the face of it, and it's amazing. Right. But as far as natural light versus um, you know strobes and flashes and stuff like that go, it's all lighting. The ultimate thing that you have to realize is that when you're out shooting – you have to make the best image you can. You see it in your mind, and then you make it. And if the best light is just the natural light, then that's what you use. Sure. It's in, it's you, to be the best photographer you can be, you should know how to do all of it and then, and, and, or try to learn as much as you can. And when you run into a situation, you have more stuff to choose from. Right. You know, choosing to shoot a certain way because it's the only way you know how to shoot and choosing not to learn anything else because you're not interested in it is the mistake. Well, let me just say I'm going to play. I'm going to play that other person for you now, and they're going to say, "Listen, um, no, that's the way I like to shoot. That's the look I like. That is my art, and that is my style. And why should I have to learn how to cook with fish when really I want to be a guy who cooks steak, or I'm a guy who wants to cook vegetables?" And you're saying, "Well, you're not a chef unless you can also cook fish." No, because I don't want to cook fish. Understandable. It just depends on how far you want to go in photography. If you found your little oh, niche- now you're saying you can't go far in photography if you don't <laughs> learn how to light. Oh my yeah, gosh! If you don't, oh, if you don't oh, learn lighting, you're not going to go anywhere. And killing away. people. Ah, see, no, that's exactly what I'm talking about. The natural light photography. We just lost half our audience. Right no, there. we didn't. I'm not. Ne- I'm not against that. I know. Uh, I was talking to a great photographer friend of mine named Megan DePiero, and she's in Fort Myers. And she is the work that she does is amazing. And I was on her website, and I was talking to her on the phone. We talked for like an hour um, a few days ago because um, we were. She's coming to Orlando to give a presentation, and I was looking at her work, and I was absolutely blown away by how good it is and how good the lighting is. And then she told me that she shoots completely with natural light and i and i thought that that was one of those times where i was blown away by somebody able to produce work of that quality right shooting in a way that i wouldn't have thought to shoot or that i thought would have been against the rules because i was looking at it, I was thinking oh she's got to be doing this she's got to be doing this and the truth is that it's not anybody else's place to judge anybody else's technique the proof is in the finished product right i've seen rules broken in every possible way and the product be amazing in my opinion, when it comes to technique, if you learn as many techniques as possible, what you choose as your personal style comes from not a lack of knowledge, but from a wealth of knowledge. If you know how to do all this different stuff and you choose to do it one particular way because that's your way, 
then that's awesome. But let's say that you're, um, you're a natural light photographer, you have a natural light studio in your home or wherever, and you're doing amazing work. What if you get a call that, and uh, somebody says, I want you to come and I want you to shoot 200 headshots, uh, business headshots. I'm not a headshot photographer. If they did, what if they say, I want to shoot 200 business headshots at this convention. You're going to be there four, five hours, and I'm going to pay you $10,000. And you're going to go, sorry, I don't know how to use strobes. Yes. yes no. Yes. But that is exactly what they will do, Gary. Yeah. And they're okay with that. No, you know what they, they do? Because they just they simply say, I don't know how to do that. You know what they do? This is what I do. Because back in the day when I worked construction, I would get asked to do stuff I didn't know how to do all the time. You know why? I didn't have any money. And they, somebody would say, hey, can you drive a bobcat? And I'd go, sure. hell yeah, I can drive yeah. a bobcat. And you know what I did? I learned how to drive a bobcat. That's right. And in my photography business, I've done the same thing. Absolutely. I've taken on jobs that I had no business taking on, and I learned how to do it as much as I could before and learned kind of while doing it. And that's sort of the nature of business. And I've seen photographers in that situation that are mostly natural light shooters. Sometimes it takes getting the opportunity to go and do something uh, to learn how to do it. But the bottom line is this. If you are going to be a professional photographer, you, I feel you should know as much as you possibly can. How you choose to shoot is your business. What your product is, what you bring to market, that's totally up to you. But I have no qualms with someone who says they only shoot natural light because to me, every photographer is on their particular journey. And you have no qualms with someone who only shoots natural light, but you seriously think that it should be a choice because they know how to do I, everything. I think so, but that's my journey, man. Right. That's my journey. The right. proof is in the product. Right. If they're putting out amazing work, like I can't say boo about it. Right. Let me say this about natural light photographers, though. This is just this is a sweeping statement, but I do see this a lot. When you see people who do a lot of portraits and stuff and engagement sessions and weddings, and it's all about natural light. I tend to see. It seems to me anyway that the good natural light photographers seem to be a little bit better at posing and emotion than a lot of the guys who are very much into lighting and setting the scene Absolutely. and creating something. Because they want to set a scene. They want it to be a certain thing. And I'm going to light it and blah, 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 blah. I'm going to go get my psychotic yeah, light meter. Exactly. And I'm going to make sure I'm, that it's going to be, and I'm do all on all sides have, of the image. I'm going to have three lights, <laughs> and I'm going to have all this kind of stuff going on. And then you look at these people who are good natural light photographers, and they've just got emotion. They've got, you know, and, and I often think, you know, that to me is, that, is what they need to throw back in the face of the people who say, well, oh, you're only a natural light photographer? And you go, yes, but this picture will be more popular and better than your picture. Because I know you got four lights on that picture, but this is emotion. Because that's what I concentrate on. It seems to me that natural light photographers focus more on that sort of thing, whereas, uh, where, whereas the, the light photographers tend to be more technical. I, I think that that is a, a huge touchstone right there. If we talked about this, we, in a couple episodes ago, I talked about how we're using constant lights in the studio. Now. Right. And you said, oh, well, you can just rip off and shoot because the light isn't going to change. You don't have to worry about it misfiring. And one of the things about if you have an, a natural light situation, whether you're on location, whether you're in the studio, um, you're, you set someone in light. And typically, you know, barring the sun going, going behind the cloud or coming out again, um, your light isn't going to change. And you have no lights to move around. Right. So, and your camera doesn't have any extra equipment. When you eliminate some of the difficulty of some of the technical crap that you have to deal with using lighting and stuff like that, you do can you can focus more on interacting with. Absolutely, your you it's can. It's one of the reasons I tell people very simply to use a tripod. And here's a good example: because your hands are off the camera a lot of the time, um, and all you have to do is hit the shutter. Your face isn't behind it, and so you can interact with your subjects. I get great response from my subject when I'm looking them in the eye they're looking me in the eye and they can see my mouth moving and see my face and, and they're thinking to themselves what the hell is in that beard 
<laughs> oh, it's all poop. That's what they're thinking. It's all poop. Dirt and poop. They're looking at your full. They see your full face and take uh, in the glory that is the beard. Oh, yeah. You know, I do get compliments on the beard. All right, <laughs> I get compliments. You know what? Hashtag save the beard. Save the oh, beard. Compliments on the beard. No, um, but but to be fair, the the simpler you make your process. Um, here we talked about picture people in the last episode, kind of accidentally. But if you uh, if you talk to anybody that works at picture people, the way they have it set up is. Uh, a lot of their employees aren't photographers professionally. Yes, they come in and they don't have to know anything about photography. Why? Because this studio is set. All preset for them. It's preset. It's like F11 on a white background. There's no way you could screw it up because it's just beautiful, soft, flat light, and you just stand people in it and shoot. They train their employees to get expressions. Right. And to get reactions and to get, you know, to get good stuff. And in a way, there's a purity to not having to worry about moving all the lights and crap around. So I can see the attraction and the simplicity of it. You don't need to use a whole bunch of lighting to be a great photographer. But to me, photography is so cool because there's always something else to learn. And there's things that I learn to do that I'll go, okay, that's cool. And I play with it. And that's not my thing. Or I'm not going to bring it into my business because my business is a specific product. I don't want to be like, you know, you and I are both, uh, you know, amateur musicians, you know, um, you know, when you, if you play guitar back in your high school band or whatever, and you get like a wah-wah pedal and all of a sudden you're rehearsing and now there's wah-wah in every song. Like, right. Wow, wow, wow. And you don't want to be that photographer. It's like, ooh, I got this new light. And now every session is going to be this new light. And it's going to change your product that you're bringing to your clients every time you get a new piece of equipment. And, um, there's a way to learn to do stuff. You don't have to bring it into your business or you can pick a favorite, but dude, I don't, I don't really care. And when I see people argue, uh, the, the natural light people who get mad about it and then the, uh, the schlackily bum nibbly poops, you know, veterans who get mad about it. <clears throat> like I, I think they're both kind of dumb because the thing is they could both use each other. And Kevin Newsom, our friend who was on our, a uh, couple yeah. of episodes with us a few weeks ago, um, he said it best, uh, you know, those, the, the, the people who've been in a long time and, and are into the technical stuff, into the lighting, they could use the enthusiasm and the fresh ideas of new people. Sure. You know, and the new people could use a little bit of that knowledge and kind of instead of being adversarial, if both people would just be open minded to the fact that photography is an art and it's subjective and that it's a it's a personal journey for each person then it wouldn't be such a big thing. I just make it, it discourages me to see people argue about it, as a matter of fact. I think it's a dumb thing to argue about. One of the things that I see also that um that I find I find interesting is is when popular trends start to buck a traditional idea and then become very popular and and then become the way things are done. I'm 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 fascinated by the idea of there's a rule. Because I'm always like – I've, I've said this to you before. The, the, the fastest way to get an argument out of me is if I say, why do you do that or why do we do that? And they say, well, it's tradition. That immediately I'm going against you because that's not, the re- that's not a good enough reason for me. Just because you've always done something a certain way is not the reason you should continue to do it a certain way. Absolutely. For example, headshots, mm-hmm. right? Um, now – and it used to be you would have never seen this. Very popular when you're doing a horizontal headshot. Take a person, put them on the right side of the frame turn their body out of the frame, bring their head back. Mm-hmm. That's something that violates the basic law of always having people turn towards the center of the frame mm-hmm. instead of turning away. And I don't know when it started, but now it's very cool. It's very – I see it all the time. I do I, it all I, did, the time. I did a headshot two days ago. That's exactly how I did it, you know, and I was showing it to Bobby. And Bobby's like, 
Why? Because Bobby has, has, has you know, was a you know big scrapbooker and doing collages and stuff all of her life. And the minute she saw it, she said she's turned the wrong way. And I said, well, people are doing that all the time now. That's 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 the thing. She's like, yeah, but you're not supposed to be turned out of this away from the center what of the frame. What is supposed to mean? Oh, exactly. Well, because but that's just the general rule. Like if you're doing a collage of pictures and you have someone who's looking to the left, you don't put them on the left hand side. You don't have them looking out of the frame. You have them looking towards the center. You put people so they're all looking towards the center if they're turned. And it's the same way with the body language. You have it back towards the center. But now it's very popular to do it out, and it's very cool, and it looks great, and everybody's doing it, and I'm, and, and it's a good example to me of how. Here's this hard and fast rule that suddenly isn't so hard and fast anymore. Well, it creates one up on that specific note. I, I think like it creates how, motion. It creates visual tension, which I like because you're uh, in in the Western world. We read from left to right. So the name of my band in high school was Visual Tension. <laughs> the, when we read from uh, left to right, so right. when you go into an image, you typically want to show someone where to look. You always got to when you take an image, you're going to assume that someone's going to be looking at it at some point. Right. And the way to you, you can lead people through an image by how you compose that image. And so when you read from left to right and the first thing you hit is somebody's back or their shoulder, there's kind of an unnatural tension to it. Yes, which is why traditionally you don't do that. Right, but what type of image are you trying to create? It's all about intent. And one of the you can create a really cool image that where you're intentionally creating dramatic tension, right. visual tension um, in an image, and that's a great way to do it. You can't say, oh, I can't do that because some book somewhere that was written a billion years ago right. said I can't do it. Photography, any art, any art form is about pushing boundaries. It's about what's next. It's about how can I do, how can I get ahead of the game, and I and I think it's awesome, and and I think that um, you're gonna try stuff, you're gonna fail at stuff. The important thing is to try stuff, and yeah. every once in a while, you know, you're gonna hit something really really cool. And when we're talking about the business of photography specifically, to me, everything, nothing matters except for deciding on a product that you're going to bring to your market and making money off of selling that product to your ideal clientele. And if you have to break every, if, if you're breaking every rule in the world, but people are buying it and eating it up to me, you're a successful professional photographer. Sure. And I don't care what anybody says about Absolutely. how you do that. Absolutely. Way. But I do feel for the people who sometimes just think that they have to defend themselves, you know, because they choose to shoot in a particular style. That's and the here's key. my thing. I don't, you know what? You don't have to defend yourself. Just, exactly. show, just show your tax return. That's all, you know, that's my thing. If you're, if you're making money as a photographer, then, you know, you can tell those people to stuff it. Right. You know, and if I'm one of the people who you feel is doing that, call me out on it. You know, absolutely call me out on it. And, and, and if, you, if you feel like, because I talk a lot about lighting. And, but man, I, lately I've been trying to, I've been doing more natural light. Are you into light shaming? I am not into light shaming. You light shaming, but people? I think there might have been a time when I was. I absolutely here. That's part of the process. I remember learning to use off-camera lights and then just using the crap out of them. And then I remember in the last few years, I've kind of gone back to the key to using any tool is knowing when to use it and when not right. to use right. it. Right. You know, and I do that all the time. So weddings are a great example. Portraits are a great example. Sometimes. The tumblers all fall into place, and natural light is just perfect, and you want to shoot it, and that's great. Sometimes I, you need help because it's not someti- sometimes it's not a stylistic choice. If I'm shooting a corporate function, and it's outside, and they line up and they say, okay, I want you to take a picture of all the partners, and it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, natural light is not going to cut it. Right. You know, I'm going to have to throw some flash in there to make this image of a quality that my client expects. Let me ask you this, though. How do you feel about this, uh, the trend in natural light? Uh, well, I, I wouldn't say it's a trend, but how do you feel about natural light? It, that is, it, I, I feel it is now starting to change the perception of, I don't want to say good photography, 
But a perfect example, I saw a picture the other day somebody had put up. And um, it was obvious that the sun was behind this person. They were in shadow. Mm-hmm. So he overexposed it to get them to come up. And they looked great. They looked fantastic. But the background was completely blown out, right? And we're seeing so much of that now that it's getting to the point where that is accepted. Whereas you and I would look at it immediately go, oh, that background is so blown out. Maybe they could have lit them and, and brought the background down a little bit. Now that's becoming an accepted, this is what a good photograph looks like because so many people are shooting it that way that now you start to get into a situation where the old school idea of having your background be one stop darker than your subject or, or, or whatever is starting to become, that's not even a good photograph anymore. A good photograph, the background is blown out. Here's, here's a maxim for you. Forget the old way. Right. So you're saying that that's okay. It's totally okay. All right. If that's what people want, and if right. that's what you like to shoot and people are buying it, then keep doing it. You know? Do I you think that it will happen that the people who use lights will be forced because of the popularity of natural light and because of the popularity of shooting totally natural light all the time, which means I don't give a crap about the background? Do you think the lighting photographers will find themselves forced into that venue because people will think that's what a good photograph is supposed to look like. I don't think so. I think that there are people who like different styles, especially when it comes to our work. I know that we get a lot of people, particularly with our wedding work, that they look at our stuff and they come to us because that we light a lot. Right. Everyone who comes to me comes to me for that reason. Right. And so I don't probably right now there's a trend towards natural light, towards blown out skies, towards that stuff in wedding photography, particularly um, also, family portraits, stuff like that. However, um, I, that doesn't bother me because you do what you do and find your clientele who want what you do. And that's that's all there is to right. it. I, I have no qualms about um, n- 90% of people not being my client. Right. I don't want 90%. I want the ones that want what I do. I'm, I, when I first started, I wanted to be the business that was – you need photography? I'll do it. Tell me what you want. Tell me what style you want it in. I'll do it. You know, Bruce Lee, the best form is there is no form. Just give me what I can learn everything. I can do whatever style you want. And I'm so over that now. Right. I want to shoot what I want to shoot, how I want to shoot it. And I want people to come to me and instead of going, you're a photographer, do this for me. I want people to come to me and go, I want what you do. Do what you do, right. but do it for me. But I think that it takes a while to get to that point. It does, but the, the, you're not going to get to that point if you don't decide that that's where you're headed. Okay. You know, it's not just going to happen naturally. At some point, you have to go, this is what the heck I want to shoot, and I'm going to build a business around it. Right. And sometimes, because it's business, there's a, not a market where you are for what you want to do. So sometimes, if you want to be in photography business, you have to change what you do for your market. But it's finding the market, the area where you can work and do what you do and finding the right clientele. And that's business. You know, there are trends in business all the time. And in photography, there are trends towards certain types of work. Um, and I'm not necessarily going to follow those trends. I'm going to shoot what I want. That's where I am in my business right now. What I find interesting about the entire argument is I always look at history, right? And, and, and it just, it, it repeats itself all the time over and people don't seem to see it. And, and, it, and it's that there will be something like, you know, you got the old school guys and they were doing something a certain way. And then as they got older, things started to change and they're like, that's bull and I'm not going to change. And, but, but, and then they age out and these new people who are doing it the new way, 
right? They're like, okay, now this is the new thing, this is the new way, and this is what's popular. And then they get a little bit older, and someone else comes along with something that's different, and now suddenly they are acting just like the guys who they thought were a-holes it's totally a back when they were 25. Absolutely. Yeah, they're like, suddenly, that's not the way you do it. Really? Because when you were 20, there were people telling you that the way you do it is wrong. Absolutely. And you, you know, don't you see, it just comes back around over and over and over it's, again. It's so just because, you, just because you learn to do it a certain way, or you're doing a certain way, it's not, nothing in any art form stays stagnant for long. That's true. But the guys and gals, the people who stay in the business the longest, are the ones who pay attention to what's going yeah. on in photography, but also stay true to themselves. There's a way that you can um, combine what's going on. It's your, your work should evolve over time. You shouldn't change with every trend that comes along, right. but your work should evolve with what's going on in the world, with what's going on in technology, and... There are always niches for people who are doing retro stuff or whatever, and that's cool. But overall, if you want to last a long time, you have got to keep your style but be willing to let your style be affected by the flow sure. of what's going on. Don't change every time something new comes out. Right. But And that's how you stay in business a long time. But finding your style in the first place. And my advice to anybody in the business and any person who says, I'm only going to shoot natural light, I want you to open your minds for a second. And I want you to just think, okay, you're great at what you do. Are you not choosing to because you're intimidated by the learning curve? Are you not doing because it, it just doesn't interest you? Are you not doing it? They will tell you that they don't like it. They'll tell you that they see the guys who use the lights and they don't like that look. Have you done it is the question. And to the guys and gals who are the, the people who are big strobe people and use a lot of lighting and, and, and that's the way to go for them and they don't shoot all natural light, um, let me ask you a question. When was the last time you just tried to look around you and find something really beautiful just as it is without having to change it? And is there a possibility that there are situations out there where you don't need to add or take away anything and keep your eye out for those? Yes. And I would say that both people have a foot in the right and a foot in the wrong. Listen, I'm very big on, on pushing yourself a little bit outside your boundaries and trying different things because every anytime you try something that's different or new to you, it will add to what you do all of the By time. By the way, how are the Speedos working out? Try They're wonderful. Try I'm wearing them now. <laughs> <laughs> I recently started a new website and a new project just for that for myself. And Speedos? It, no. <laughs> to push myself. Okay, sorry. And uh, for that very thing, and I'll talk. I'm not going to talk about it because we got to wrap this up. So I'll talk about it on another on another on another podcast. But but you're but you're down. What you're talking about there is, is I absolutely believe in that. Is that every once in a while you just need to go. You know what? I'm going to try doing this thing that I never do and or whatever. And I'm going to force myself to do it. And not only will it help you with your your art and your work, but you'll have fun. That's the thing. Fun. Because you will learn and you will surprise yourself. Why do we work in photography in the first place? That's why place? we did it. Right. That's why we did it in the first place. Because we enjoy doing yeah, it and we, we want to have a career doing something that right. we enjoy. So have fun with it and keep an open mind. Right. And don't ever uh, try not to. We're all going to do it anyway. When you see another photographer shooting, instead of looking at them for what they're doing wrong, maybe look at them and say, what are they doing differently? What can I learn from this? Because I right. believe that you can learn from brand new people in photography you can learn from them or at least draft off their enthusiasm right. right and i think that you can learn stuff from people who seem to be past their prime who seem to be used up you know as far as the trend go right you can learn from those guys too all right we've got to wrap this thing up and we need to talk before we wrap up we've got to talk about some of the things we have coming up we have some big stuff yes, coming big up. stuff coming up but before we do that because we've been so serious in this episode i would like to have a little entertainment value sure so if you could give us a little bit of an impersonation i'm going to throw it out there and okay. i would like you to give me a little bit of let's go with liam neeson and taken okay go ahead 
I got a particular set of skills. That's, un- that's a very dangerous for a man like you. That's uncanny. I know. I'm it's pretty crazy. Good. It's like you're right there. You're embarrassing it's me. Like Liam, it's like Liam Neeson is right there. Right there in the room with me. Yeah, I, know. You, I don't know how. I'm so envious of that that skill to be able to. I mean, do you work? Do you have to practice like in the mirror? I when I was younger, I did not so much. Now it kind of comes natural. You know, it kind of is just That's part fantastic. of me. It's just part of me. That's fantastic. All right, coming up uh, in June, Gary and I will both be speaking at two different state uh, schools and teaching at two different state schools. You're going to be at Florida School, Florida School of Photography in Daytona Beach. Woo! On um, that's the week of June eighth. I got a two day wedding class. Yeah. Uh, and it should be a really, really good time. We're going to do a lot of hands-on shooting. Right. It's going to be no BS. You ask me a question, I'll give you an answer. We're going to get right to the heart of it, right to the right to the meat, yeah. the potatoes, right. with no fluff. Everything that Gary just said, apply that to what I will be doing in South Carolina the same week. At the Lamar School. At the Lamar School. I'm doing a four-day thing, and it's the same thing. It's going to be a lot of hands-on shooting, um, putting together the program and stuff. I, I, and I bet you're the same way, too. I'm really... I don't want to spend a lot of time lecturing in front of a classroom. No. I want shooting, shooting, shooting. Let's shoot. Let's get the lights out. Let's get the models out. Let's shoot. That's where you learn much more than having me stand up there and point at slides. So I really want to try and do a lot of uh, hands-on shooting, and that's at Lamar School in South Carolina, and it's the week of June 8th, uh, and we will both be doing that. And then you, you're, like, going off. I'm, my, uh, my other thing I'm doing in August is going to be uh, the end of August, August 29th, 30th, 31st. Uh, at Focus 2015 in Florida at the Florida Hotel. Um, That is the uh, annual convention of the Florida Professional Photographers, and it's going to be really cool. I'm doing a headshot program with a live demo, and I just came up with what I'm going to do for the live demo. I've got a great idea. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be something that you've never Ah, seen before. I'm excited. And we'll never see again. (laughs) In a world. In a world. All right, fantastic. And uh, that about wraps it up for us. Be sure and check us out. You can find us anywhere that podcasts are broadcast. You can go to our website, which is photobombpodcast.com. You can send us questions and comments. Questions at photobombpodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook, HughesFerretti.com, and BourreePerry.com. And that's it for this week. We'll see you next time. Hasta la vista. (laughs) 